I got my whistle, Ty, if you were looking for yours. The goofier, okay. the better. Let's go. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I got mine, but I got the newborn asleep. So I, can right. you just so, blow yours? Yes, I'm going to blow mine, and we'll talk quiet oh. today. All right, ready? Try to. All hey, right. Mike, you ready? Yeah, let's go, man. All right. Tyler, timeout. Who are we taking the timeout with today? Golly, what a weak whistle, Kevin. <laughs> but man, we got a baby sleeping now we in got the background over there. <laughs> man, thanks for jumping on, Kevin. It's good to see you again, brother. And uh, today, ladies and gentlemen, we have Mike Clemmer, the founder of Ariel Resupply Coffee, also an Army veteran entrepreneur. Mike, thanks for having being on the show. Uh, Kevin and I are excited to learn a little bit more about you uh, over there in Charlottesville, Virginia, of all places. So we're That's out right. of Texas. Kevin, we're out of Texas. We're out of uh, Rochester. We're on the, the East Coast, as I call it, from where I am in the South. But, uh, Mike, first question off the bat, man. If you could be on any game show today, what would you be on and why? Oh, the easy. That's the $100,000 pyramid. Have you seen how easy that game show actually is? No, man, tell me, me more. Say, tell me more. Let, let me just say this, like, because we've been watching this lately. Like, that show is funny. Because, first of all, Michael Strahan's funny in general. But, second, like... All you have to, it's like charades and just pick one word. But like every single time somebody wins, they win $60,000. And you're like, that was the easiest game show ever. <laughs> so like, it's like almost a guaranteed 60 grand if you can just get through a round. I like that. I like guaranteed. All right, so we're headed over. We're about to go win our quick, cool 60K. What music are you turning up on the radio when we're headed over to the studio for the uh, taping of this $60,000 uh, check? Uh, well, I mean, I guess I'll show my colors here. I'll, it would probably be Eminem okay. or something, something, something. Well, I'll, I'll date myself, but like the two, like the 1995 to like, or 1990 to like 2005 hip hop scene is probably my, my, my. They no more. Here. I think that's where Tyler and I reside as well. Oh, that's, yeah, uh, I'm in that neighborhood for sure, Mike. Yep. <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to fire one off you too, Mike. Uh, if you could create any bumper sticker, what would it say? Well, I don't know if I would create one, but the best one I ever saw was the one that said bad cop, no donut. And that was the one that I, I had that one on my car when I was younger, which is probably not a good idea, but that was fun. Did it get you pulled over anymore? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I had been pulled over at the time when a cop saw it and I thought I was going to get a ticket because of it. And he saw it and just laughed and let me go. So it must have worked. <laughs> it was my All right, Mike. So we know your game show. We're ripping up some M&M. We got a yeah. bumper sticker, bad cop. No donut. No donut. No donut. Yep. What, where are you taking us out to Tyler and I in Charlottesville that we absolutely have to try and is like the spot to go? Well, I mean, there's a couple, right? So, but I would say that the one that I would take you um over every place is a i don't know if you guys have been to Mon well you probably haven't been to monticello but monticello is where thomas jefferson was born or where where thomas jefferson resided when he would come down here from the white house right and it was, it was a pretty cool place and right outside of it is a, is a an old throwback to like the old to like 1775 1800s called mitchie's tavern which is a kind of an, like like if you've ever been to a medieval times yeah. Like it's kind of in that genre, although there's no jousting. It's just I was going to say, is there paint acting? As well? No, 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 no. There's nothing like that. But that's cool, and I and I like that because it's history and it's the history of kind of the way Virginia was back then. That's really really cool. And and Virginia is continuously uh, Charlottesville. Not to bring it up, but continuously that that hotbed in the nation to, that is focused on 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 that history and that what do we do with that history? 
That's right. Speaking of your history, um, t- coming from, thank you again for your military service. Yeah. Um, but here we are talking to a business owner, a leader of sorts, uh, and, and your own CEO. Why did you start this company? Why were you so passionate about it coming out of your military service? Some people retire. Some people look for, for other little things to do. But here it is. You kicked off a, a growing organization. Yeah, I think um, it's really twofold. Uh, the first would be it's because I wanted to do something that would give back to the veteran community. I wanted to do something that would identify and represent the veteran community in the way that I wanted it to represent. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, there are other veteran owned companies out there um, that have taken a very somewhat aggressive stance towards their marketing and what their, what their genre is and, and where they want to, where they want to go and what their lifestyle is. And I, I realized that there wasn't a counterbalance to that. And so I wanted to provide a brand and aerial resupply that was more about supporting first responders and veterans, supporting the combat service side of the military, supporting people, you know, like, like families, their spouses, the military spouses, and really people who, you know, might not have served in the military, but they're, but they had a family member that did. And so they want to also support veterans, but they don't want to support something that's just over the top. And so I did it. And that's, that's really why I did it. And it's since kind of morphed into more than that, it's really morphed into this mission statement that I've had in myself, which is, you know, taking care of people who do the behind the scenes work that makes everything flow. The story that I like to say is, you know, in this year's upcoming Super Bowl, there's going to be 106 players that are going to play on the field, but there's probably three to 5,000 people that did a ton of work to put those 106 players on the field. And that's the, those are the people who need to be recognized. Now, was that, that was, did you, because of, of the timing, right? You mentioned with the pandemic and I think the pandemic kind of highlighted the need for frontline workers, right? And, and sometimes I think we're, we forget, right? How that uh, egg carton made it into the shelf at a grocery store. Um, is that part of your realization or did it go back to what you were doing in the military and saw how, how many, how many, how much human capital was needed and involved in order to get that desired outcome on the battlefield was how did you grow to have such a respect for the frontline worker? Cause there well, are typically forgotten. Yeah. Well, so, so as a logistics officer, I was respond in the army, I was responsible for, you know, providing beans, bullets, and beds to whoever needed it up front to include the combat arms guys, all the infantry, armor, aviation, engineers, all those guys, right? So you have a very much of a team atmosphere where I myself was not necessarily on what you would consider the front line of combat, but I was responsible for making sure they had it. So I take that same mental model and apply it everywhere I go. In the in the pandemic, you know, was I on the front lines? No, you had first line, you had you had nurses, medical community, you had all sorts of people who would be considered on the front line of the pandemic who became that critical network that needed the support from everybody else. So when you talk about supply chain, yeah, I mean, the people who are on the road as a truck, you know, as truck drivers operating trains, who are at the ports, who are offloading everything that everybody complained about because we don't have toilet paper all of a sudden, right? Those people are important because, but nobody will ever recognize them. That guy who's offloading that container will never get recognized. But if he didn't have it, we would be mad at the grocery store because it didn't show up. 
Heck yeah, Mike. Man, you, you're on fire, Mike. I, I, I got to mm-hmm. ask you, what, what's, you, you seem very motivated, Mike, just, just oh, yeah. to, to breathe. What, what's your daily mantra? What, 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 do you, what do you say to yourself to get yourself going? Or what's inside you that, that gets this Mike Klemmer rocking? Well, I think, so when I, when, so I get rocking when I talk about this, right? When I talk about, <laughs> when I talk about air, what I'm doing um, to support veterans, support first responders and law enforcement and everybody, that gets me going because it's not, the, it, people talk about it, but they don't do anything about it. And like, I wanted to be on the side that's on the action of doing things about it, something about it. So like, even now I ship coffee and other things downrange to deployed service members. I always do that. I take that out of hide um, because that's important to me, whether or not I'm making money on that or not is irrelevant. Um, I wanna make sure that the guys are and gals who are around the world are taken care of with what I can do now. And as I grow, that'll get that'll grow into something more than that. It's it's awesome to me that that your model works, man. My the, the people who just the money is whatever it is, but the passion is just so far greater and outweighs this bottom line that that people speak of. You know, you see people getting cut all over the place lately. You know, to increase that bottom line to show stakeholders that we're doing good. You know, yours is just totally opposite, man. And and real quick, are you reading any books right now? Is is there anyone that's uh that you're looking up that you look up to? And and what what books are you reading currently? So the, the, the book that I, that I just finished was Crush It by Gary Vee. Um, if you've ever read that book, that, that's a phenomenal book. And the other book that I just finished is Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. And if you've read, so Shoe Dog by Phil Knight is outstanding because it talks about how Phil took Nike from, literally, I wrote a college thesis about why Japanese running shoes are the best to a multi-billion dollar empire with Michael Jordan as its signature icon, right? Yeah. That's a great book. Gary Vee's book is better for solopreneurs or people who are trying to make their name from social media in some ways because it talks about how to do that. Mm-hmm. So both of them are great. On. Well, it seems like with this amount of passion that you're going to continue to uh, light uh, the fire along the way, uh, Mike, because I think anybody that is going to have a conversation with you about your mission and, and what it is that you do is, is, is going to want to walk and dance the same to the same tune that you are, my friend. Maybe, maybe some M&M. Uh. <laughs> I like it. Um, one of the things I wanted to go back to is um, this just sense of you have for empathy. We're talking about mental health. We're talking about purpose. We're talking about passion. And and you kind of talked about it, about that gentleman who was potentially loading that last roll of toilet paper on the truck um, to go to the shelf for that last individual. Um, what can organizations, what have you learned from your business and coming out of the military, maybe in the military, what can organizations or managers or businesses, how can they do a better job at facilitating to that frontline worker how pivotal they are in the big picture of everything. Have you found any successes on showing them on that big part that they're playing? Because again, they're overlooked in most cases and they feel that as well. Is there anything that you found to be successful to show how they're helping in the big picture or the grand scheme of things? Yeah, I think you just need to be there. I think what ends up happening is people you know, especially leaders at, at every level get comfortable being, 
behind a computer or at a desk. They get comfortable being at the corporate headquarters. They get comfortable, you know, in the air conditioning. And what they're not willing to do is they're not willing to go out and actually be with the people who are doing the jobs by which they're supposed to be supervising. And, you know, like what I what I've learned is that, you know, it doesn't come in my experience, it doesn't always come down to pay. It doesn't always come down to benefits. It doesn't come down to, it comes down to do people, are people who I work for grateful that I'm doing this job? Are they happy that they're willing to come down and see what I do and experience it and just be personable, right? Like you don't have to come down and yell at me, just come down and see what I'm doing, be a part of it. Like, I think a lot of people forget that. And then they just look at it as, well, you're just, I hired you to do a job, go do it. And they try to make it about ones and zeros instead of making it about, well, who are you? Mm-hmm. And that's where it gets lost. And I, and I would tell you is like, I think, so I heard this the other day um, that uh, engagement is obedience. I think, right. I suggest or assume that this gentleman probably has some sort of military background that obedience engagement is truly obedience by the individual. Now, Obedience could have meant accountability. It could have meant engagement. It could have meant a whole slew of different things. But in the military, there's almost rank and file that obviously you have to fall into place and you're expected to do certain duties. What you're kind of talking about and what you're seeing and and what I'm hearing in the conversation, Mike, is that you're almost celebrating the entrepreneurial side of leadership, right? The empowerment, the enablement, and the encouragement side of it. How did you come to that realization coming out of the 20 plus years that you had in the military where empathy might have not been one of those buttons that was discussed or mental health might not be one of those things that was discussed previously or psychological safety, um, those types of things. How did you evolve into where you are today to as this leader? Because I, I know you're going to get a lot of people that want to follow and, and be a part of your mission that you're on now. Well, I I. So I'm, I'll push back a little bit. I think that a lot of what you talked about in terms of mental health, um, empathy exists in the military. Okay. I think that um, there, you know, there might be a, I, from from people who've never been in, and you know, my wife is one of them, who will say, well, you know, you guys all just scream at each other, and that's not what happens, right? It there is this you have to under, so like even from the very beginning, you know, I was enlisted before I was an officer, so you grow up in the ranks and all of a sudden it's like, okay, you have a, you have a, you have a battle buddy that you're responsible to pay attention to. And then as you get promoted, instead of one person, you have four people. And then instead of, and then when you get promoted, instead of four people, you have 10 people. And so every single time up the ladder, you start very small, but you, you all of a sudden leadership wise, you become responsible for larger and larger organizations. But if you understand that at the end of the day, you're still responsible for the person to your left, Mm-hmm. then everything just becomes easier because you're paying attention to them. They're paying attention to somebody and the empathy changes rolls downhill because everybody's paying attention. It's when people pay attention to titles yeah. and they pay attention to rank more than anything that that chain gets broken. And then all of a sudden that all goes away. Mm-hmm. And that's where it becomes important for people to really understand that. I mean, we are in a people business in any business. It doesn't matter what it is. It's all about people. So you have to take care of the ones that take care of you. I love that. Yeah. Employee experience equals customer experience. And 
Yeah, I love how you're responsible for the person to the left, but I also hearing you is they they had to go through that role, that same rules and roles and responsibilities themselves. So they're gaining percep perspective along the way as well. That's that's, that's incredible. Ty. That's right. Yeah, Mike, what do you think y'all's biggest challenges over there? If you could if you could name one, if you could just uh I don't know, say poof and, and take the challenge or, or obstacle away. What what what's what are y'all struggling with? Challenge for what? Aerial resupply? Yes, sir. So I would say like right now it's, it, you know, this is still very much just me. Like everything that you see with my business is all me. So um, I would say I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a really good position because everything is a challenge, right? As you grow, you know, as a small solopreneur, small business, you know, every day is, is I don't want to say it's firefighting because that's not what it is, but you come up against something that you weren't expecting or that you don't have the resources for. So it's always, it's, it's, it's creativity at its best, right? Like you're, you have your model, you have your mission, but every day you're like, well, how am I going to do this? How is this going to work? How do I market this? How do I get cash flow? How do I expand my business? But that's all fun. I mean, to me, it's fun because, you know, it's like, I can do anything. I can do whatever I want. And, you know, so it, it, it's, it's a good mental exercise and it keeps me active. Um, so I don't know if that answer your question, but it's, oh, yeah. you know, it's, it, it, I don't think there's something that I can just say, poof. I mean, I, I get, <laughs> Hey, here's a million dollars, Michael figure it out. But like, I mean, but wouldn't we all like that? Right. Like that, that's, but, but for me, it's like, I enjoy the journey. If somebody were to do that to me, I don't know what I would do because that would accelerate me past the point that I'm maybe not mentally ready for yet. Well, what, what's harder, coaching three-year-old soccer or, or starting your own business? Oh, three-year-old soccer. I mean, <laughs> I mean come on. Because of the I parents. Yeah. I did that. That was, that was, let me, let me tell you, three-year-olds are great because they get on there. All they want to do is kick the ball, but then that's all they do. They just run around they're like headless chickens, kicking the ball. And you, and after a while, you're just like, whatever, just go. And then it's like watching the herd of cats. So it's almost like the best way to do it for three-year-old soccer, in my opinion, is you get one of those Australian shepherds out there and you don't even have a, uh, I mean, you still have the, the, the field, but you let the Australian shepherd just keep the kids herded on the field. And then you just stand back and let, let them do their thing and you're good to go. Right that is hysterical. I grew up playing soccer myself. Uh, that's, that's, I learned a lot in that, that sport for sure. I wanted to go back, Mike. Uh, you said, I, I, I can do what I want, right? That, that phrase in and of itself sounds like freedom to, to individuals that have worked in publicly traded organizations. And I almost refer to it as um, there was this perception of one, the career path that I chose coming out of college um, because we watched our parents' generation they almost sign themselves up for a life sentence within that career, right? And and some may believe that that military almost is that not life sentence is it's a poor use of words, but it's like you have no other option. Um, but you obviously, I think, like others coming out of the pandemic, have started to reprioritize what what they truly want, right? Um, to 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 achieve that purpose, to align their strengths. Um, to identify their weaknesses, but get comfortable with change and being uncomfortable. And I think everybody now is looking for that balance or or the integration of work and life, but really searching for the I can do what I want almost mentality. They want control. Um, you talked about enjoying the journey. You talked about being a solopreneur and entrepreneur. I think a lot of people are in the similar mindset. 
what made you take that leap of faith in yourself to open up aerial resupply? Well, I think it came down to, I wanted to try my hand at something that I thought would work and thought the market would like, because I felt it was important to me. And so when I started, like I, you know, it it wasn't like it was all just like, poof, here it is, right? Mm -hmm. Like it was a lot of, you know, I I have a rule that says once I get to 80% of whatever I think I should be doing, I push go. And I figured the other 20% out along the way, because if I wait till 100%, I'll never do anything. And so for me, what I did was I just, you know, I was like, well, this is what I wanted to do. I figured out how, you know, I figured out how to build an LLC, figured out how to do my website, figured out how to roast coffee, figured out how to fulfill, figured out how to do everything. And I used YouTube as my platform to learn all of it and even how to run a business, right? Like you need to, you know, even to accounting, like how do you, how do you account for everything? Cause I did like full disclosure and I hope, I don't know if anybody accounting sucks. Like I hate it. Like I hate it. Right. But like, if you don't want the feds coming after you, you got to know it. You're counting beans, beds, and bullets all day. Right. right, (laughs) And so, and so I I did all that and I just said, I want to try something. And honestly, you know, I was the success the moment I sold my first bag of coffee, hundred percent, I was a success, right? I could have shut it down there and been happy with it and been like, you know what? I did a great job. But what I realized was, is that it was, you know, there was more to it. I didn't know how to market it. I didn't like for the first five months, it was like brute force marketing, right? Like ask your friends, you know, ask your family, try to try to figure things out. You're like, you know, doing everything you can but just brute force. And then this past year has been like refining it, right? Like, okay, I have no idea what I was doing back then, but fine. It helped me get through a phase, but now I don't want to do it this way. I want to do it this way because I understand what works, what doesn't more efficient with my time and where I really, as I, the CEO need to apply my energy. But since I'm doing everything, like I have to like balance where that is. And so you know, I would say to anybody who's going to start a business or who's going to start to be an entrepreneur that the best time to start is yesterday. The best time to get going on something is right now, because if you wait, it'll never be ready and you'll miss because 95% of what you learn in small business comes from actually doing it. It doesn't come from the research side of it. You can read any book, right? You can read that Phil Knight book and never start your business, but then all you did was just read a book. Like you didn't, like Phil learned all that stuff from what he did. And then he just relayed it to the rest of us. So yeah. you got to get started. And it doesn't feel like work and um, when it's your uh, aligned with your purpose or your passion. And, and what I heard key takeaway for me from what you said is the definition of I can and I will. Um, I think that oh, yeah. that helps you fuel the fire as to what I'm going to learn and what I need to learn. And I agree with you. I think most people learn more by doing than other people telling them how to do it. Um, so that's, that's fascinating. Thanks for that, Mike. Ty. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm all, I'm a huge fan of hit go and learn later. You know, it makes me cringe to re- like the research part of things. I, I don't know why it's just like, it wears me out. You know, it's just like, can we get going and mess up a couple times? You know, I heard the other day, uh, the, the most successful people are just the people that failed the most, you know, and it's just like the quicker you can fail, the more you, you get better at it, the more you're not afraid of stuff. 
And then the more you can refine it, like you said, Mike. Um, Mike, to you, so Kevin and I, we do our own marketing stuff. And it's just, to me, it's hilarious at what works. What have you found out that works in, in marketing per se over, over your fast, whatever year or so? I mean, if I knew that, I'd be much better off. Right? <laughs> you wouldn't <laughs> be talking to us right out. now, that's for sure. I mean, I'm still trying to figure it out. Look, man, you know, I, so like, I, I'm okay with email marketing for myself. And it's, but you know, I, I will say this. At the end of the day, it's about authenticity for me, right? Like, like my brand will speak to itself. And I'll, you know, I, I post memes every once in a while when, it, when it's applicable to my brand. I try very hard to show and and talk about veterans issues that matter but at the end of the day like this brand is living and dying because of what of who i am right and so for me i want to continue to be and talk about what i do in a way that other people can relate to because we all relate to this like i mean you know coffee is one you know people have asked me like okay mike you could have done anything why do you do coffee and it's because like coffee builds relationships and and yeah. the, the thing with coffee that I like the most is it's this very much this familial type beverage that everybody drinks. Like when I came out of the, when I came out of the military and I was looking for a career, it was, Hey, let's grab a cup of coffee. Let's go get a cup of coffee. Let's go do this. It was never, Hey, let's go do a couple shots or Hey, let's go grab a beer. Like it was always, let's grab coffee and let's go talk. So like coffee is like the one thing that everybody rallies around. And it's the beverage that most, I would say most of America drinks. I mean, there's people who don't and, you know, shame on them for not drinking. I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but, you know, but honestly, it's like you, 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 you find what matters. And so if you're authentic about that and you talk about the things that matter to you and you're open about it. So like you talk about like what marketing doesn't like, what, what doesn't work or what does like the other day I posted about, you know, I, I put, I'm very active on LinkedIn, but I posted about how, you know, I had, I, I personally had a supply chain issue and I was like, Hey, I'm sorry. Like, this is, I did my best. I'm a small business. My supplier told me to pound sand because I'm a small business and I'm doing my best. That is what people want to hear. And so that becomes marketing by itself, just from being honest. I, I just want to go back to authenticity and being a hundred percent. I was going to say that at coming towards uh, the close of the conversation is Mike, you're, you're a hundred percent confident with the man and the individual that you are first. And I think that speaks to your passion, but also just who you are as a person. And you're not really acting. Um, we've heard that uh, success changes people sometimes, you know, and uh, you said that I, I'm not really interested in, 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 in changing unless it's for the better. Um, and, and your point about coffee building relationships is, is that it's like almost breaking a loaf of Italian bread right at the, at the table. Um, but I think your, your authenticity, I think is something that I had to learn, um, and why I'm more confident and I think better in my day job, but also at, at my career at home, um, is knowing that it was hundred percent okay to be hundred percent myself, the same person that I was at home as I was at work and, and vice versa. Um, cause my, I, I was disorganized at home, but here I am so organized at work. Uh, and I realized, and I, and I think that was the most freeing for me is finding who I was. When do you think you, um, Mike figured out who you were as a person and why this was such a passion into you and why you love supporting people and giving back and, um, caring about the little guy, the underdog. 
Um, when did, did you come to that realization or, or is it a continued self-discovery journey that you're on? I mean, I think it's continued. I would love to say that, you know, on my 31st birthday at 10 o'clock at night, I got struck by lightning and all of a sudden everything opened up, right? I'd love to say that. <laughs> I mean, I think we all would, right? Like we'd all love to be able to say, this is the moment that I was by a spider, you know, Spider-Man. Yeah. 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 I mean, but, but like, you know, like I, I feel like that's, that's part of what makes us all great. Right. Like it's, you know, and I'm not trying, I mean, I'm, I'm starting to sound like philosophical here. Right. But I, but I think, but I, I think, I think honestly, it's like, you know, who I was five years ago, if we had had this discussion five years ago, I don't know, we'd be having the same discussion. If we had this discussion 10 years or 15, 20 years ago, you'd be talking to, you know, 22 year old Mike, who was more interested in cars and everything mm -hmm. else and had, didn't want to do any of it, like was like barely in the military and was just trying to figure out life. Like yeah. that's, that's the difference. And so now you're looking at like, we're having this discussion and it's like, well, I've learned everything I needed to learn about the military that I was willing to learn. I've learned a lot because of leadership, because of what the army taught me. And a lot of applicable leadership and i'm just like i know what i know and i know what works for me but i'm always learning like tomorrow i could learn something else and be like well that invalidates what i was doing before <laughs> Maybe this is the better way to do it yeah. and like so you know I, the phrase i use is i don't know what i don't know and if i don't know it that's not my fault but i need to go figure out i need to i need to learn it so that i can apply it yeah and you're comfortable being uncomfortable, which allows you to adapt and and, and change quickly um, with That's the right. environment and what you learn. And I, I I have I was talking with some friends and and Tyler uh, and I were talking the other day, and I try to explain to people that I, I have this more sense of knowing of where I'm going, but I still have no idea of the final destination. Um, but you just keep putting one foot in front of the other, like you have, like from YouTube videos and figuring out accounting, you're just kind of keep continuously taking those steps forward, even though you're, you're, you're almost, you're not unaware or uncertain of what the final destination is, but each step feels good is what I keep telling Tyler. So, um, Mike, I just wanted to say thank you one for your military service two for taking uh, some time from a random stranger reaching out to you on LinkedIn, uh, to be on this show because I knew your story and 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 the personal reflection that you've done creating this this coffee brand um, I should call it now and company um, just focused on the frontline workers it really spoke to me because here it is everybody else is focusing on usually the top half um, and here you were focusing on on the bottom so thank you for for your leadership thank you for the difference that you're making out in the world and the impact uh, that you're having. Um, and thanks for sharing some of your philosophical ideas, which Tyler and I love, um, because it really speaks to us and helps us on our own personal mission, uh, our journey as well. So thank you so much for being a part of the show with us today. Yeah, I had a great time. It was, it was awesome talking to both of you guys. Michael, it's great to meet you. And where the heck can we find Ariel Resupply Coffee? Ariel, so you can find me. Uh, mostly online. I'm still pretty much a web business, but aerialresupplycoffee.com. I'm on Amazon. You can find me on any of the social media channels at Aerial Resupply Coffee. And yeah, that's pretty much it so far.